The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious, ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. This is Adam Carricker on the ticket. Position right of the quarterback, out of the shotgun, first and 20. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carricker at the Missouri 21-yard line. Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, eight-year NFL vet and All-American defensive lineman Adam Carricker. Shotgun snap to Everett. He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carricker who ripped him down inside the 25-yard line. <laughs> On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here's your host, Adam Carricker. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Adam Carricker on The Ticket. All right, I was out last week, had some things pop up. But ladies and gentlemen, going forward through the rest of the football season, and yes, football season is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. Fall camp is here. Once August gets here, I consider it football season. Through the rest of the football season, each and every Monday from noon to 1 p.m. Central Time, the fastest hour in radio each and every week here on 93.7 The Ticket. It's Adam Carricker on The Ticket. Grab your lunch. Come join me. Hopefully something until Hente comes out at some point. We have some fun. Talk some Husker football today. I've talked Big Ten football the past few times I've been on this show. But I feel like conference realignment is a major thing that needs to be talked about. We've got the Big Ten up to 18 teams. we got the Big 12 going to have 14 teams this year. Oklahoma and Texas are going to leave. Then they're going to be up to 16, even though they lost two. And then you got the pack 12, 10, 8, 6, 5, 4, trying to figure out what the heck they're going to do. Are they just going to absorb the Mountain West? Is, it, is the Mountain West going to absorb the pack four into the pack 16 or the Mountain West 16? Or who knows what's going to happen? What's going to happen next? Okay. Who's going to be the next team to join the Big Ten? I don't know how soon or how long it's going to take. But I don't think the Big Ten's done, nor should they be. Let's be honest. The rich get rip, richer and the, the not-so-rich get even less rich. Sorry, Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, and Stanford. How does Stanford get left out of this equation? I know it's a smaller school, okay, but the academics. And also, you look at the name prestige. You look at the one school that has more championships across the board. When you look at every single sport, it's Stanford, more than any school in the entire country. In fact, the Pac-12 had more championships across every single sport than any other conference in America. That doesn't seem to matter that much, does it? Okay, I'll tell you why. I think North Carolina might be the next team to join the Big Ten. What's Notre Dame going to do? Is their arrogance going to bury themselves? Okay, if you're a Notre Dame fan, I'm sorry, because uh, I'm not. And I'm, yeah, I'm tired of them having their cake and eating it too. And it's about time they choke on their cake just a little bit, not too much. Or a lot, because this is a metaphor and not real. Now, here's what I want to talk about here on the show today. A lot of conference realignment stuff. 
who's going to go where, who's going to do what, what does this look like, what does this mean for college football? Is this good? Is this bad? All right, let's talk at 12:30 with a Husker legend, a guy that I grew up watching, Mr. Baron Miles, defensive back here at the University of Nebraska from 1992 to 1994, All Conference performer, had all All American mentions as well. Okay, been a coach in the Canadian Football League, a defensive coordinator for a number of years now, and one of the greatest special teams players of all time, okay? Owns Nebraska records for block punts, seven. Total block kicks, 13. All right, the special teams, or as some people I know like to call them the special forces, he's one of the best, if not the best, to ever do it here at the University of Nebraska, especially when it comes to Blocking kicks. That'll be at 1230. Then, as always, we've got the people segment at the end of the show today. The last 10 minutes of this show is the people segment. And as always, call or text 402-464-5685. Let me slow it down. 402-464-5685. Send me your questions, your comments, your concerns. Do you agree? Do you disagree? I welcome a plethora of opinions. Okay. I want to hear your thoughts. The people said in the last 10 minutes of the show, I will get to your questions. All right. Now, real quick, I want to give a shout out. You've driven by GE Landscape and Supply countless times, likely without knowing, at 6701 Cornhusker Highway. Now it's time to stop in. GE Landscape Supply sells to homeowners and contractors with a vast selection of landscaping and construction materials. They sell in bulk. To save you money, buy anything from a five-gallon bucket to a semi-load. And don't forget, they deliver anywhere, ladies and gentlemen, near or far away. Stop by at 6701 Cornersker Highway from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturdays. Go to GELandscapesupply.com for more info or call 402-467-1627. Now, a couple of exciting things that are going to be happening DP, Derek Pearson, and I are working on, and I have mentioned this in the past, me coming on on Mondays and Fridays, and having content each day, whether it's talking about the Big Ten, whether it's the Character Chronicles themselves being spread out from noon to one, and me being live Mondays and Fridays, hopefully by the time the football season starts. So that is something we are working on. More content here on the ticket. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. I hope you do as well. Now, the Character Chronicles returned a week ago. I got to give a shout out to the Chronicles. The host is kind of ugly, funny looking, but he talks really fast, so maybe you'll find him entertaining. My first interview, Prince of Mukamara. I personally have never heard Prince of Mukamara do an interview since he graduated from Nebraska. And even when he was at Nebraska, he didn't do a lot. Then Roy Halu, a guy who's even more off the radar because he doesn't even have social media anymore. The last post he has on Twitter, and it was him, if you look him up, it's something about Evan Royster, who was the other uh, running back that came in that was drafted the same year Roy was out of Penn State. And they were roommates, and he's making a crack about, is Roy going to do something in the room? I forget what it was. But that's from like 10, 12 years ago. So two Husker legends and two guys who don't talk much. Okay, go to YouTube. Check out those two interviews. And today, 54 minutes from now, right at 1 p.m. Central Time. Actually, I take that back. It dropped at noon. It dropped six minutes ago. I missed it. But don't go check it out until 54 minutes from now when this show's over at least. My Tom Osborne interview where I ask him about Matt Rule. I ask all the questions I think the people want to hear answers to. Matt Rule, what happened under Scott Frost? What went wrong? Okay. 
Coach Prime, what's Coach Osborne, the GOAT, what's his opinion of Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, and what does he believe year one's going to look like here at the University of Nebraska? Go check out the those uh, interviews. Hopefully you enjoy them, the ones from last week, the one that dro- just dropped six minutes ago with Coach Osborne. And then on Thursday, I'll drop my interview with defensive coordinator Tony White. And I had a great conversation with him before and after the interview, and the interview was even better. All right, let's get in conference expansion is a hit college football once again all right 2024 you're going to see a plethora of new conferences with the pack four if it's even still around at that point in 2024 the big 10 big 12 and sec adding and subtracting members now as we know texas their little longhorn network and their buddy oklahoma they're going to sec country all right Now, the Big 12, a couple of years ago, myself included, I wasn't sure how in the world they were going to still be around in a few years. Yet here they are, not only still around, but growing and getting stronger. Now, if you've listened to me over the past month or two, I have talked about how I think there's eventually, eventually, eventually going to be three super conferences, okay? I think there's going to be a 20-team Big 10 conference a 20-team SEC conference, and somewhere between 20 to 29, 30 teams in a potential Big 12 conference. Basically, whoever's left over is going to go to the Big 12, a conglomerate. Now, if they take every single team that is not in the Big 10 and SEC that is a current Power 5 team, okay, they would have 28 teams. Notre Dame, you know, having their cake and eat it too or whatever, Assuming they don't go Big Ten or SEC, which they very well might, probably should. But part of me wonders if a few years rolls around from now and the Big 12 or even not not so many years, maybe just a few months, I don't know the way this stuff is going. Sure fun to watch, sure entertaining. Whether it's good for the sports, a whole other conversation. But maybe the Big 12 gives Notre Dame such a ridiculous deal and Notre Dame says, hey, we're going to go to the Big 12 because we can be the big dog we can get way more than our fair share of the pie. And the Big 12 would obviously do that because it gives them a little bit more credibility, kind of like Oregon and Washington are coming in at less than everybody else in the Big 10. Now, six years from now, Oregon and Washington will be full-fledged members. Their piece of the pie will be the same as everybody else. Can you think about that for a second? When Oregon first joins the Big 10 conference, they're going to make less money than Rutgers. How crazy is that? But six years from now, Phil Knight, Nike, Oregon, Washington, which has a beautiful stadium and campus right off of Puget Sound right there when it's not raining, absolutely gorgeous. They're going to be making the same amount, but they came in for less. I wonder if the Big 12 will get Notre Dame way more just to give them to come in. Notre Dame being Notre Dame might take and they go to the Big 12. I digress. So if they take every Power 5 team that is not currently, that, that would not be in the SEC and Big 10, okay, there is currently 68, plus you had Notre Dame because they're, you know, the one – Power five independent, if you want to look at it like that, 69. I've always wondered why UConn with their basketball, and I get it, small market, you know, maybe not as appealing, but with their basketball program, they could potentially be a power five program again like they once were. I don't know if they will be. But the Big 12 could have up to 28, 29, 30 teams, or they could just say, hey, we're going to cherry pick the top 20, which could leave schools like Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, out in the cold. I look at Stanford. That's a school that, that definitely needs to be in a power conference, in my opinion. I know they're a little bit smaller, but the name brand, 
the success they have across the board in athletics as an overall whole, I guarantee they end. I, I, I would think they'd end up somewhere. Okay. I predict North Carolina is the next school that joins the Big Ten. Okay. I am hearing that the Big Ten and SEC really want Virginia. And I kind of understand that to a degree. It's the same reason they wanted, like, Rutgers, uh, Big Ten wanted Rutgers and Maryland. And Virginia's good in basketball, and they're decent in football at times, okay? They have some things to offer, but it's more from a monetary, we're going to make money off this school and off this state situation than it is, you know, being as highly competitive as some of the other schools that some of uh, these conferences are trying to add. It's all about money. It's all about the moolah, De Niro. We all know that. I don't personally believe this is the best thing for college football. I think college football's foundation, the fan base, the tradition, the history is so strong. Nobody's going to go anywhere. We're just going to talk about it like I am right here right now. And then we're going to debate if it's good or bad. And then it's not going to matter because college football is just going to keep on doing its thing and growing and getting bigger and stronger because the foundation of college football is so strong. It's never going to go anywhere. Nor would I want it to, obviously. So for me, I look at the ACC, and I'm like, you better take some actions. You better solidify schools like Clemson, North Carolina, Florida State, Miami, or they're going to go to the SEC. Or North Carolina is going to go to the SEC or ACC. Same with Virginia, which seems to be appealing to the Big Ten and SEC. You better do something, or you're going to end up like the Pac-4. And we will march toward those three big conferences one day potentially big 10 sec and the big 12 just being a hey geography doesn't matter at all let's just be a gigantic conglomerate of whoever's left over and again i don't know if they'll pick the top 20 out of the 28 29 30 teams they can pick from or maybe they just take everybody because i will say this having a oregon state i've been to corvallis numerous times i've ridden four wheelers up and down the oregon coast numerous times every summer I'd go with my dad. I believe I've talked about that here on this show before. And then my football camp for my high school team was always in Corvallis at at the campus of Oregon State. Okay, it's a wonderful place. It's not the biggest place. I don't have the the biggest um, fan base in the world. But I would think having the Big 12 in Oregon somehow is better than not having it at all. Washington State, Pullman. I mean, I don't know how anybody recruits to Pullman, Washington. That's not disrespectful. That's just my honest opinion. There is literally nothing there except snow every other year the apple cup is in like two feet of snow when they play washington i don't know i mean people want to say hey how do you recruit to nebraska well there, there are things that to, to draw people to nebraska how do you recruit to washington state and i grew up two hours from there so i can say this because i've been there I, was, I went on a recruiting trip there all right but i would think having a foothold of the big 12 in the state of washington it's small you know washington state's a lot smaller than UW. I would think that's better than not having anything at all, but I don't know. That's what I think we're going to end up with one day. What I'm curious about now is what does the Pac-4 do? What does the ACC do? Are they just hiding around the corner, hopefully hoping nobody notices them? Good luck with that strategy. The Pac-12, okay, as it currently is, nobody's left, like they're not leaving just yet. They've got another season or two. But a couple of years ago, when the Big 12 looked like it was dying, the Big 12 reached out to the Pac-12, talked about a merger, talked about taking some of their best teams over. The Pac-12 said, eh, we're just going to sit here. We're going to sit on our laurels. How'd that work out for you? My advice to the, to the ACC, I would not, would not do that, or you're going to end up just like the Pac-4. The Pac-12 at the time made the worst dis- business decision I've seen somebody make 
since 2000 when Blockbuster could have purchased Netflix. And they said no. How did that turn out for them? How many Blockbusters do you see still around? Everybody uses Netflix. And Netflix wasn't even good at that point in time. Their content was awful. I, I never used to go to Netflix. Blockbuster said, hey, we're the big dog. We're going to be short-sighted. And in about 22 years, when Adam Carricker talks about us, he's going to talk about how we used to be around. Kind of like Babies Are Us, Toys Are Us. Who saw them going away? My point is you've got to be proactive. You can't be reactive. You've got to be ahead of the curve. You can't be trying to catch up to the curve. So I'm curious what the ACC does. Because the next thing that's going to happen, the Big Ten, the SEC, they're going to go after Clemson, Miami, Florida State, North Carolina, Virginia. Okay. I do predict the Big Ten ends up with 20 teams, the SEC with 20 teams. Okay. I'd be surprised if Clemson doesn't go to the SEC and at least one of the two Florida schools down there, Florida State or Miami. If I'm the Big Ten, I'm trying to get North Carolina. I'm trying to get one of the other Florida schools for recruiting purposes. The four top recruiting states in the country, for football specifically, Texas, Florida, California, Georgia. The SEC has a stronghold in three of those states. The Big Ten has a stronghold, sort of, in one. If we could get into Florida somehow, it would help us get a lot more speed throughout our conference, okay? And I think it would help us recruiting-wise as a whole. Now, if I'm Miami or Florida State, I'm probably going to choose the SEC for a couple of reasons, geography being one, the fact that they're con- right now they're considered the top conference in the country, probably over any other conference. But if I'm the Big Ten, I'm trying to get Carolina, I'm trying to get one of those Florida schools, and then I, I understand the appeal to Virginia, but I'm sorry, I just can't rank them in the top two or three. They're about third or fourth on my list. All right. You look at the Big 12 this year. This is the one year the Big 12 is going to have this opportunity to have Oklahoma, Texas, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU, along with all their regulars, Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, all those teams. I think the Big 12 is going to be a fun conference to watch this year. You got teams that are leaving. How do other teams react to them? You got teams that are coming in. How are they viewed? How are they viewed by the teams that are leaving when they play each other? I've looked at a lot of these schedules. It's going to be quite interesting. It's going to be quite entertaining to me to watch the Big 12 this year before Oklahoma and Texas leave in 2024 and before some of the other schools eventually join as well into the Big 12. But this is the year, the one year, they've got UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, Oklahoma, Texas, and all their regulars. Okay, again, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, et cetera, et cetera. To me, the Big 12 is going to be a very interesting conference this upcoming season to watch the big 10 adding Oregon and Washington. In my opinion, it was just inevitable. Oregon and Washington are going to look around and they're going to be like, well, USC and UCLA are gone. Um, We're not going to make a lot of money. Can't even get a media rights deal. Let's go for less, make less money for a little over half a decade, go to the big 10. And then eventually we can be a full fledged member and make a lot more moolah in about six years. To me, that move just made a lot of sense, especially for the Pac-10 if they could get Oregon and Washington initially for a little less. Now you've got the gigantic Seattle market. You've got Nike. You've got Oregon. Oregon has become a national brand. They were not when I was like 10. I remember when Penn State played them in 94 in the Rose Bowl. And I was like, Oregon? 
Aren't they that team with the angry Daffy Duck? There's a Daffy Donald Duck out of the side of their helmet. That's how I thought of Oregon. And they were actually known for defense. They were known as Mean Green back then. Like, are you kidding me? First play of that, that game, Kajana Carter takes it about 80 yards for a touchdown. I was like, yeah, uh, here we go. Oregon's come a long ways. They're a national brand now. So to me, that move was just inevitable, especially the way the Pac-12 was struggling. You look at Colorado going to the Big 12. I mean, let's be honest, that's directly connected to Coach Prime. That does not happen if Deion Sanders is not Colorado's head coach. Whether you're a fan of Coach Prime or not, he is highly entertaining. He is someone I'm going to talk about a lot because he is someone that I find quite interesting and intriguing. And when he got some heat from some other Pac-12 coaches recently, man, I loved his response. He's like, I've been a game changer my whole life ever since I was a kid in youth football. Everybody's been coming at me. There's nothing unique about this. Why would this be any different? In other words, he's going to go on about doing his thing, which endears him to me because how you handle criticism tells me a lot about a person because it's not as easy as, as those might think, especially if you got a lot of it. He's obviously got a love going his way as well. But Colorado made a great decision when they hired Deion Sanders for several reasons. Now, whether he wins or loses on the field is yet to be seen. I'm just talking about from every other angle and area that they benefited from, starting with the fact that they jumped ship from a dying Pac-12, 10, 8, 6, 4 onto the Big 12, which somehow was almost dead two years ago, decided not to just sit and wait, decided to be proactive and immediately added UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, BYU. Now they may be one of the three or four conferences left standing after the Pac-4 is dead, after the ACC. We'll see what they do, but if they're still around in a few years, there may be a mass exodus of ACC schools. We may wake up one day in a month or two or six. Oh, these seven ACC schools went somewhere else. There was already, though, what, Magnificent Seven that was shopping around earlier this spring, earlier this summer, which included Miami, Florida State, Clemson, NC State, a lot of those schools. I think Colorado going to the Big 12 was really the death blow to the Pac-12. Immediately, Arizona, Arizona State take off. Utah takes off, which they were going to go somewhere. They've been too good of a program lately not to go somewhere. I was mildly surprised the Big 12 took both Arizona schools. I would have thought they would have just taken one. And admittedly, Arizona State is a lot closer on a competitive level than Washington State is to Washington or Oregon State is to Oregon, although Oregon State had a good year last year, but that's up and down. Every once in a while, the Cougs have a good year too. I almost thought that they'd just take one Arizona school, but they took both. So the Big 12 added four schools eventually down the road. So they're going to be up to 16 once you add these four schools and subtract two schools, and name is Oklahoma and Texas. So this is quite entertaining quite interesting for me now you uh i've i've been asked this question probably the most is it good for college football probably not i doubt if it is you start from a rivalries perspective how many rivalries are going to be lost for years college football was based on rivalries I still miss Nebraska-Oklahoma year after year. There's a bunch of other rivalries that I miss as well. Something as simple as Pitt and West Virginia, the backyard brawl. We used to have that all the time. Now you're not going to have the Apple Cup, Washington-Washington State. You're not going to have the Civil War, Oregon-Oregon State. Okay, something as simple as Kansas and Missouri. All right, I I don't know how up-to-date people are on rivalries, but I love rivalries. 
And those are some of the things that we're going to lose with this, obviously. The big brothers are getting bigger and the little brothers are getting angrier. That's kind of what's happening across college football right now. Now, you look, you look at this upcoming season. And to me, it's going to be interesting across the board. Because I wonder how much more goes into these last couple rivalry games that an Oregon-Oregon State has, Washington-Washington State has. How much more interesting are they feeling like they're being jaded, Washington State-Oregon State? Those rivalry games become more interesting before they go away, unfortunately. So you look at Nebraska, okay? And you look at a potential, and this is actually from at Guys on Twitter, a potential Nebraska nine-game conference schedule could look like this. I'm just going to read their tweet. All right, at Husk Guys on Twitter. Nebraska's potential nine-game conference schedule could look like this. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. And then he goes, folks, we need to get good, and we need to get good fast. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Talk about scheduling non-conference patsies, and I will have no problem with that whatsoever. If that's what a potential conference schedule looks like. Holy Moses Malone. Now, real quick, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Miles Farmer. Okay, and then I got a break here in about 30 seconds. We got to pay some bills, folks. When you look at Miles Farmer, this is a guy who started 16 games throughout his career, was the second leading tackler last year for Nebraska, suspended by Matt Rule, and now he's entered the transfer portal. Here's my take from this. Matt Rule is setting a tone. He is building an actual culture not just pretending to. Because you look, our leading rusher from a year ago, Anthony Grant, was suspended to start spring ball, if you remember that. Okay, former Nebraska tight ends coach, Bob Wagger, no longer our tight ends coach. And that was just three days before fall camp. You can't tell me that didn't cause some difficulties on the coaching staff and trying to figure things out. Now they have someone who stepped in right away. Some people think maybe we're better off. I don't know. When it comes to Matt Rule, he is going to demand that you be disciplined, held accountable, and he is setting that tone right now. And, you know, Miles Farmer hitting the transfer portal, nothing but love, nothing but respect. I've actually been a fan of his. I'm sure he'll land on his feet. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we got former Husker and a Husker legend, Mr. Baron Miles. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.